uh, learning to surrender really our agenda about how things need to happen when they need to happen we can do what we can do and then we can surrender Mm -hmm. and people say does that just mean you say god take over and i get to go sit on the couch and read my book (laughs) no it doesn't mean that it means we actually actively do what we can do Mm -hmm. and then when we still want something to happen or we need something and it's not working we see that as those closed doors that we're getting Really, I think of God saying, please, let me take this over. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm closing these doors because this is mine now. And learning how to really surrender and be at peace with that, I think, is, again, building our trust in Him. Welcome back to the Faithful and True podcast. As you can see, um, we have Deb Laser with us. My name is Greg Miller. I'm the host of the Faithful and True podcast, as well as the director of the Men's Workshop. Um, Deb is the co-founder. She and her husband, Mark, established Faithful and True 35 years ago and have been working in the field. And today we're going to continue our conversation about this idea of building trust and what it takes in time for a husband, some things that he can do to build trust with his wife when the trust has been broken. And for those of you that were with us last time, you know that we began the conversation by looking at just some foundational or introductory principles. And so the first thing that we're going to be looking at is continuing the conversation on what are some of the things that a wife can do to kind of set herself up to be in that trusting place. And so before we get to what husbands can do, let's continue talking about some of the things that a spouse can do. Okay. Well, in summary too, we talked about three categories maybe that we're going to work on in terms of building trust as we work with wives, that is. Um, One is we're going to take a look at what are the behaviors of our husband that do help us build trust. And we're going to also look at what we do to trust ourselves, which is kind of a foreign concept to many. And lastly, what we do to trust God in this journey too. So uh, we just talked briefly about, no, we didn't, we talked at length, (laughs) and I'm going to briefly say (laughs) we're going to um, learn, hopefully over time, how the Spirit, how God's Spirit works within us to teach us that we have within us what we need to know what our next steps are. I think one of the things we get awfully busy in life, we don't really believe that we have that Spirit with us, And so we can get into our human nature of wanting to plan future trip, as we call it around here, try to make decisions about things. And we really want to bring that back to being present in the moment and listening for that spirit to lead us to a next step. We also talked about how our feelings and our thoughts lead us sometimes to how that spirit is trying to tell us about something and how we listen to that and make a decision and how we know if that's a good one or a bad one. Um, So you can go back and listen to the first part to know what we said about that. Um, And thirdly, we talked about how important it was to create our own belovedness from God's truth about who we are. And I think for many of us, we really lean heavily on how we're treated and what is said to us from our spouse to really believe our loveliness or our choosability. And we don't really live with that foundational truth that we're a beloved child of God. So did you Yeah, one thing I would say too is, I I always say we cannot think our way to a new core belief, that we have to heal our way to a new core belief. And so for those of us who may be struggling with that sense of belovedness, um, we can tell ourselves over and over 
but it really is when we begin to heal those wounds that keep us from believing that, Mm -hmm. that's when we begin to live in that truth, not just to have it cognitively in our head, not something that we can say out loud, but to experience it in such a transformational way, we live and relate differently because we're living out of that belovedness. I agree. And and I think that comes from what I'll just say is learning to love yourself. Mm -hmm. Because when we live life in such a way that we're embarrassed by things we do, or we have these beliefs about ourselves that are not completely true either, or we respond to life in ways that aren't very becoming to us, all those things kind of drag us down to really wonder whether we're all that great. Mm -hmm. And so as we take small steps to live out what it means to walk the high road or not to respond so quickly and um, so greatly to situations or to keep our anger in control or whatever it is, we begin to love who we are more. And I believe that starts to connect with, ah, I think that is part of what God loves about me too. Right. And what can be true is some people may have been exposed to a theology that says if you love yourself, that is selfish or outside of God's design. But if we go back to the greatest commandment, it's the love God with everything that you are, all of who you are, and to love your neighbor as you are loving yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's that acknowledgement in the scripture that love given to me is given to others and love given to others is given to me. And if there's not grace for me, then there's grace for no one. And so we start with this idea that it's not outside of God's design, it is centered to God's design that I celebrate the goodness and the beauty of who I am and who God created me to be. Yeah. And when we love ourselves so that we can love others better, we also love God. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, and we're still on last week, so right. we got to get going <laughs> one, here. One right? more thing. <laughs> oh, yes. You've heard me say, um, I believe that shame is based upon the lies that we believe about ourselves mm-hmm. and the lies that we believe about God. Mm-hmm. Because if I believe about a, a lie about myself, I am worthless, I'm stupid, I'm an idiot, I can't do anything right, whatever that shame may be, I'm actually projecting that on who God is as creator. And so the healing is not just for me and my shame, but it's also going to heal my understanding of who God is in God's grace. Yeah, absolutely. Well, another thing we work on in trusting ourselves is knowing um, and working on being a whole person. In other words, um, sometimes when we get in our relationships, we get in them because we start taking care of each other's needs. And, um, and that happens. It's a pretty typical part of infatuation in a relationship. However, if we stay stuck in knowing that, you know, my husband needs to be here for me because I'm, I'm not good at this at all, mm-hmm. and so he takes care of that for me, there's going to be a piece of us that doesn't totally grow up as an adult. Um, I love one of the therapists, Dr. Love, who said at some point, you know, our dependencies on one another are rather cute in the beginning, and then they get real annoying as we get on mm-hmm. to our life with each other. Right. And I think there's some truth to that. And that doesn't mean, by the way, that we can't help each other. But when we're truly dependent and we haven't grown up a part of ourselves, like staying alone, for instance. I run into that sometimes with women. Never stayed alone in their house by them by themselves. That's a repetitive statement. Yeah. But um, she's really afraid of that. And so if she doesn't have her husband there, then she needs to call in a friend to be there or whatever. And that's just an indication that maybe it would be good to try to figure out how to manage that for yourself. Um, But what we want is ideally to know we could be okay if we were alone, if we had to be. And it frees us up when I think we know that to then enter into the relationship because we want to be, 
not because we have to be right. there. Well, and we can see early in many couples when they explode, what can happen is the wife may believe that she has to stay because she doesn't have another option. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I often heard Beth say is that the only way that she could fully choose to stay is to know that leaving was an option. And not just theologically leaving was an option, but that practically, that she could make it on her own. And I was even aware of the fact that I didn't want Beth to stay with me because she didn't feel like she had another option or out of obligation. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be out of desire. Right. And the only way that that desire could be nurtured is if she fully had the option and the choice within herself to not stay. Yes. And so I think that that's another piece of this is to allow, to recognize, I will miss, I will be sad, and I can also be okay if this doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, we could go into more about that maybe for another podcast, right. about how objectivity works both ways. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's why it's so important that when we're staying, it's out of choosing to be there, not because we're dependent in some way on somebody else. Right. And what we talk about is we move towards interdependence, right. where I'm a fully self, you're mm -hmm. a fully self, and then we choose to be together, that yes. um, we don't lose ourselves in the being in the coupleship. Yeah, exactly. Actually, the coupleship helps us nurture our sense of self. Mm -hmm. So another piece of trusting yourself would be about building community and knowing other people well enough in your life and being comfortable with them that you can also ask for them to help you if and when your husband's not capable of doing that or doesn't want to do that. And it's one of the things we learn is that we didn't marry each other so that we would take care of all of each other's needs. We know that that is impossible in a relationship. And so if we have a need for something, a good example of a lot of the women that uh, come to Faithful and True and want to enter into, say, a group, is they don't have a husband that can come and watch the kids while they're here. And um, you know, one of the things that may be good in terms of growing is finding some sitters or some other people that would watch children so that they could do something that's very important to them. Mm -hmm. And those that will only wait on a husband being available might wait until they don't have kids at home anymore because that's just the nature of his job. Right. So um, again, how is it that we can learn to take some of our needs somewhere else to relieve our spouse from feeling like he has to be the one and only that takes care of them? Well, the idea is I start with the need and obviously my spouse could be a possibility in meeting possibility. that need if it's realistic mm -hmm. or if it's an option. But then I don't stop there. I do look at other people, other resources that could be a part of this. It's, mm -hmm. I'm expanding my team of support, um, not completely dependent upon just one person. Yeah. Very, very healthy thing to do as we're learning to trust ourselves. And one last thing I might, well, there are two things. One is that um, I'm going to work on being a trustworthy person myself. And that can be hard sometimes. Sometimes we have this little revenge inside of us. Well, if he hasn't told me the truth, so you know what? I'm going to go out and buy $200 worth of clothes, and I'm not going to tell him. Mm -hmm. you know? Or we do something else where uh, we just decide it's not that big of a deal. It's not as sure as big a deal as what's happened to me, so I'm just going to do that. Um, I'm constantly encouraging the women I work with to walk the high road, to become the woman that they believe God called them to be. Mm -hmm. And walking the high road doesn't always mean it's fair. 
doesn't always mean that it's been carried out in the relationship totally, just like you would like it to be. Again, are you pleased with the person you are when you live life this right. way? Well, one of the things I've heard you say in just talking about situations, that many times a woman will identify, I don't like who I've become in this journey because maybe I'm not being trustworthy or I am filled with um, revenge or rage or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so the invitation for all of us is to identify those things that keep us from being the person that God created us to be and seeking to address those. Yeah. And it's a wonderful feeling when we can live congruent and as a person of integrity, mm -hmm. regardless what somebody else's decisions are at that moment. So the last thing I think in terms of trusting ourselves is just to look back and to explore our history in terms of how we might have had trust broken for us. Because one thing that can happen is in our histories, we've had trust broken in multiple ways, from maybe other men to um, female relationships, our best friend um, broke trust with us, to our own parents who broke trust with us. When we carry a lot of pain around past incidences of breaking trust, we, if we haven't done a lot of work on releasing and surrendering some of that or talking through it, uh, letting people know about our pain, we will often bring that into the present. And I had a woman once I was meeting as an example from um, a, co a country in South America, and she said, really, it's quite common for women to be abused sexually by uh, pastors, by family, by friends. Um, it was just kind of part of culture. And she said, the truth is I've been, uh, I've been abused by just about any significant man in my life. And so then she sat back and kind of had this aha moment for, she, for herself, and she said, it's no wonder I have no trust at all that I could ever trust my husband. Mm -hmm. And that made a lot of sense, and it would make sense for him to hear those stories as well. Right. You know, to understand what a journey this is going to be for her to be able to figure that out differently. Yeah. I often will say to a man, you have hurt your wife, and you are not re responsible for all of her hurt. Mm -hmm. And that can be a difficult place to be because in some way men want to take responsibility for all their hurt because if they are responsible for all their hurt, then any healing they create will solve all the problem. Mm -hmm. And so it is challenging to acknowledge that I am a contributing factor to the pain, the chaos, the lack of trust that my spouse is experiencing, and I'm not the only factor, and I just have to surrender that. Mm -hmm. So we could move on to the uh, next category about what it would be like to grow some of that trust in God. Okay. And I think that may be hard for a lot of women who are very involved in their spiritual life and church perhaps to think that they don't. And one of the things I hear from a lot of women that go through this journey with us is that one of the first ways she begins to realize she's growing is depending more on God for real practical mm -hmm. stuff oftentimes. And I think in some ways that's a surprise, you know, because I think before we need God, we don't always know that that's who we need. Um, and so it is a surprise that we learn how to rely on him in a different way. Well, I, and yeah. with that, I would say, and part of that is expanding how God works. And so sometimes God shows up in our community. Um, sometimes God shows up in additional resources. Sometimes God shows up in the awakenings and the realizations mm -hmm. that we have. And so part of it is even expanding God's activity so that when we do experience it, we can identify it more clearly. Mm -hmm. But if we have a very narrow perspective that 
you know, God will show up only in this way, mm-hmm. or this is the best way for God to show up, and I limit that, then I may miss out on some of the amazing thing that God is doing outside of that one image. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, the greatest things even now I'm experiencing after Mark's death is just all the different ways that God shows up. So that continues to grow, you know, and I think it does when, um, you know, life is hard and we start using that as a way to grow our spirituality, all of these things get easier and better. Mm-hmm. One of the things we're going to do in trusting God, too, is knowing when we need to just surrender our husband's journey to him. You know, a lot of times we want to be helpful, 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 and we have a lot of ideas, and we have a lot of things we're going to check up on, and it may be okay for a few of those things some of the time, but oftentimes they're overdone, and at times we do need to surrender and figure out how we're going to go to work on changing my own life, um, or finding some peace and calm in all the chaos of the journey. Um, Part of that, too, is I think trusting God's timing. I was talking to a woman recently who's been married many, many years, almost 50, and she said, you know, really, my whole life is ruined. And, um, and I'm sure that's what it feels like, that it's all a farce, there's nothing true about it, you know, it's that black and white place, there was nothing good about it. And yet, in talking with her, I know that that's not a truth, mm-hmm. and we talk about the ampersand. Um, I think it's also true to just, you know, sometimes take a look at maybe, why, why did God wait this long to bring all of the sexual addiction history to the present. And I think our stories, as we get into them, there are usually some pretty good things, like we probably wouldn't have thought about, that um, come forth when we release ourselves to his timing. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about when Mark almost came forward and shared everything with me 10 years prior to when it came out in our life together. And uh, he went to get some of that authoritative help instead of listening here, mm-hmm. probably. And that, that place told him that he knew he could um, lead a good life and a life of integrity and just not to tell me or anyone else. So Mark left that place, and that's what he did for right. 10 more years until, it, you know, it's a progressive problem until it blew up, and it did blow up. But, you know, when I think about it, that would have been before our kids were born. Um, it would have been before uh, we moved to a place where we had a lot of good support. And um, I'm not sure we would have taken recovery as seriously as we did, and we certainly wouldn't have had the dynamic help we had through our therapist there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there were some timing pieces that were absolutely perfect about right. that. Yeah. And I, I would agree that you know we can guess, that we can speculate about why it happened when it happened, But I also think if we're open to it, very much like what you said, we could see some goodness and redemption Mm -hmm. in the timing of it. And one of the the principles I heard one time a surgeon say is sometimes when a patient comes in, they are not healthy enough to survive the surgery. They need the surgery, but they can't survive it at this point. We've got to get them healthy enough to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think as I've heard stories story after story of being here at Faithful and True, for so many of the men, if that explosion or that exposure had happened earlier, they might not have been able to survive it. The marriage might not have been able to survive it because they didn't have the inner strength. They didn't have the infrastructure in order to survive it. And, you know, we love the the story of Lazarus here at Faithful and True. And one of the principles is that Jesus chose to delay Mm -hmm. because he loved Lazarus. Mm -hmm. And 
for those of us who understand love differently, that doesn't make sense. Why would not? Why wouldn't Jesus go immediately when he was called? But there is some mystery in the fact that sometimes there is a delay and there is love in the delay. Mm -hmm. And very much what you were saying about trusting God, it's easy to trust God when the pieces seem to be falling together in a way that we like or make sense to us. Mm -hmm. What's much more difficult to do is to trust God when it doesn't make sense. We, we have to look beyond our circumstance to that which transcends the circumstance, which is God's love, God's faithfulness, and God's trustworthiness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that wrestling that we have. That's that deeper faith that we're called to. Yeah. And I think that brings me to you know a couple more of, of these things, which is um, one is really learning to live day by day. And uh, most of us really are not good at that. And and yet there is so much scripture that reminds us, you know, you don't need to worry about tomorrow. We need to think about what mm-hmm. is in today. And I think learning to do that, I mean, really do that is uh, amazing mm-hmm. in terms of allowing God to do his work with us each day and let that be enough and get to the next day. Mm-hmm. And some of that is about taking care of our needs because we don't know how those are going to be taken care of. A lot of times there are financial needs when things blow up like this for wives and Um, I would just say I I could write another whole book or two on all the (laughs) amazing ways God has taken care of needs that just happened for Mm -hmm. people. And it's it's lovely to hear. And I think I love that so much, that belief that he will, that I put it on the headstone marks in mine, you know, Psalm 37, 4. And let's just delight in him and trust that he will serve us with all the desires of our heart. And as you're saying, they come in lots of different ways, not always the package we thought, but just in different ways. And I, I do think it is the surrender piece and that releasing control. You know, for someone who struggles with anxiety, one of the ways I try to manage my anxiety is to control the things that I feel like I can control or to create the illusion of control. Mm-hmm. But this faith experience is really about surrendering to my out-of-controlness. Mm-hmm. And that, again, is another place of trusting God. And what's also true, and I can say this about my own journey of recovery, there were legitimate concerns that we had about finances and other things. And some of those were met in ways that we can clearly see. And some of them weren't met in ways that we were hoping, and yet they were met. Mm -hmm. And what's also true is some of the things that I was most focused on because of my anxiety, my perspective, ultimately turned out not to be as significant. Mm -hmm. And so... It's that, you know, 2020, that hindsight thing. But the reality is, if we can have faith in the moment that there is something beyond what we can see, that's Mm -hmm. where we find the trust. Yeah. And that kind of leads me to the last two things is uh, learning to surrender, really, our agenda about how things need to happen, when they need to happen. We can do what we can do, and then we can surrender. Mm -hmm. And people say, does that just mean... You say, God, take over, and I get to go sit on the couch and read my book? (laughs) No, it doesn't mean that. It means we actually actively do what we can do. Mm -hmm. And then when we still want something to happen or we need something and it's not working, we see that as those closed doors that we're getting. Really, I think of God saying, please, let me take this over. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm closing these doors because this is mine now. And learning how to really surrender and be at peace with that, I think, is, again, building our trust in him. Well, and it's not an accident that the serenity prayer is foundational to recovery. That we do seek those things that I can 
respond to, those things that I can make a difference, I'm going to move towards those. And then the things that I am out of control of, the things that are beyond me, I am going to surrender those. And then I'm also going to pray for the wisdom to be able to discern between those two things because it's not always obvious. It's not always easily seen. So this is what I say in the women's workshop sometimes, (laughs) that I know we're becoming part of a culture where there's a lot of tattooing. I don't know that I'm necessarily a tattooing kind of person, but if I were, (laughs) I would take slow down on one arm and I would take surrender on the other. The problem, though, is when you get to be my age and your skin starts sagging and dragging, you don't know what in the world that might say in time. And one woman shouted out from the audience, yeah, it might say salami or something like that. And I go, exactly. And that's why we've got to be really careful. But at any rate, the last thing about trusting God is really trusting that he won't waste our pain. Mm-hmm. And if we really do trust that, we can learn to maybe live in it a little longer get help for it some, and also know to wait and watch for how he's going to transform mm-hmm. that. Well, I, I think this has been a great setup. Mm-hmm. You know, Both of these podcasts have been a great introduction. So I do hope that you will join us as we continue this conversation about these very practical things that uh, men can do to support their wife as they are building trust. And the final thing I would say is one of the things that Deb and I talked about in the break is for men, there is nothing you can do to get somebody to trust you. And in fact, the more you try to get somebody to trust you, the less trustworthy you appear. Really, what we are called to do is to be trustworthy. And then other people get to decide what they're going to do with our trustworthiness. And so for those of you that want to perform or want to convince, that's part of the surrender thing. All I can do is to be a trustworthy man And with that, other people get to respond. So with that, um, I hope that you will join us as this continues, as we continue our conversation with the women here at Faithful and True about building trust. And for those of you that are familiar with Faithful and True, we are so glad that you continue your connection with us through these podcasts. And for those of you that have just found us, we are so thankful that you're joining, and we hope that you'll continue to be a part of what is here at Faithful and True. And if there's a way that we can serve you in a very specific way, let us know. But again, we invite you to look specifically at whatever it is that you can do, whatever that next right step is, so that you can become the person that God created you to be. 